for coming out. Pastor Larry is uh, over at um, he's over at our Bristol Road location, and uh, and so he asked me to fill in, and I appreciate the opportunity to do that to fill in for him. Um, although it's uh, huge shoes to fill, uh, we have an incredible pastor, and he is an incredible teacher, and. Um, and so I always get just nervous anytime he asks me to do something for him. I'm like, okay, but, you know, I'm not Pastor Larry. So uh, I just pray that God will, will speak to me, through me, and into my heart and your heart so that we all hear from God today. Uh, is that a deal? Cool. All right. If you will, uh, turn in your Bibles, and we're going to start uh, two places, really. Mark your place in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, and then turn over to Jude chapter 1, verse 11. There's only one chapter in Jude, so just turn over. It's the book right before Revelation, Jude. And we are going to begin in Jude, verse 11. All right, Facebook Live, this is why you don't talk with gum in your mouth. Jude chapter 1, verse 11. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. And so today we are going to be talking about what is the way of Cain. I know Pastor has, uh, and myself, have been in Genesis some. We've been in Genesis um, on, on uh, Wednesday night some. We've been in Genesis on Bible study night some. Uh, you've heard it in some of the messages, and we have briefly covered Cain and Abel, but what does it mean to walk in the way of Cain, and what does it mean to walk in the way of Jesus, and how do those uh, conflict with each other? So uh, if you will, turn, in your, uh, turn over to Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 4 today. Almost the entire chapter, so bear with me. All right, verse 1, Genesis 4, 1. Now, Adam knew Eve, knew, as Pastor Larry has said before, is this Hebrew word called yada, and it, it meant more than he knew who she was. Knew meant, like, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. So, Adam knew Eve and she conceived, and so this word know is to know them intimately and uh, to know them uh, in a way that she's going to get pregnant, okay? So, uh, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard or accepted for Abel. He accepted Abel's offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard or he did not accept it. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. And it's desirous for you, but you must rule over it. 
Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. I'm not my brother. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive, a wanderer on the land, on the earth. And Cain said, uh, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, away from your face, and I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me, they will kill me. And then the Lord said to him, no. This is not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. Now, this should be a familiar story to you of Cain and Abel. Uh, and there is a lot here. Uh, first, I just want to address two things. Uh, Adam knew Eve, and she conceived and had Cain. Happened again, and she had Abel. And when Cain was actually kicked out of the land, it said that he, he went off and he married someone. And you're like, okay, where did that someone, that woman, come from? Well, it was probably more than likely his sister. I want you to remember, one of the last times that I preached, we went on genealogy, and I said, this is not an exhaustive genealogical list of people. Certain people were mentioned in the Bible for certain reasons. But Adam and Eve, remember Adam lived 900, 930 years, something like that. And so him and Eve were able to have many children, and their children had many children. And at this time, this was before the law. One of the things that Jesus, or that God, uh, told Adam and Eve, they, they said, you know, be fruitful and multiply. So this was before the law that was saying, don't marry your brother, don't marry your sister. The, the DNA line was very pure at the time. And so as, we have to get out of the mindset of where we're at now to go, ew, gross, you know, unless you're Southern, and then you're like, hey, that's what family reunions are for. <laughs> Future wives, you know. Like, stop it, that's your second cousin. And I'm like, well. <laughs> I grew up in Alabama, so I married someone from Flint. There we go. <laughs> yeah, mom and dad was like, you better get far away if you're going to marry. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so uh, Cain, when, when he was kicked out, he, he married a, a sister. And we don't know the timeline, okay? We don't know how many other brothers and sisters had been born. We just know that Cain and Abel were the first two, okay? Now, the mark that was put on Cain, what was that? There are many different theories. I think in, even in the, in the Jewish, uh, th there's a Jewish background that says that God gave Cain a horn that came out of his forehead. Kind of weird, right? Uh, or a scar or scarring of his face or something. The Bible doesn't tell what mark was put on Cain. All we know is that when people saw Cain, however that he was marked, people recognized and said, that's Cain. 
So we have to trust the Bible in that. Um, so I won't allude to any other kind of marks uh, or, or anything. So uh, in the first uh, slide, I, just for Pastor Larry, I just thought, he always gets these clip arts that are just crazy. So, uh, you know, here we have Cain and Abel. Abel's offering, you know, the first fold of the sheep. And then Cain, his offering is not accepted. And he says, wait till he sees my human offering, right? Ha ha, Okay. There you go, Pastor Larry. To the next one. This is more of a typical clip art that you would see from Pastor Larry. But uh, this is Cain, and he's killing his brother in the field. Um, so it, let's turn back and let's look at, at, at Genesis 4, verse 1. Adam knew Eve, and she conceived. And this is what Eve said. She says, I have gotten a man from the help of the Lord. I have gotten a man from the help of the Lord. She was so happy because, you remember, you turn back one chapter... And when Adam and Eve had taken the fruit and they, and, they, and they ate of the fruit and they sinned, you remember it was saying that uh, from Genesis 3.15, it was saying that, uh, you know, you're, you'll be given an offspring. And basically an offspring to, to uh, correct the curse. And so she was thinking, this is the Messiah that has come away to take away this curse. And she thought that that was in Cain. And so in, in Eve's joy and excitement, she says, I have gotten a man from the Lord with the help of the Lord. And then she bore another brother, uh, Abel. And, uh, and we'll read on. And again, bore Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a, one, uh, a worker of the ground. So they both had jobs, right? So we read this, and uh, Abel was a shepherd, Cain was a farmer. They both had their jobs. And then in verse 3, let's see what happens in verse 3. In the course of time, or in an appointed time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering or the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of the flock. So there was this appointed time to bring an offering. And this could have been set up between God and, and, uh, and Adam. And some people might believe that this was the Sabbath that there was a, an appointed time to bring an offering or to bring worship to the Lord. And so they brought what they knew. They brought what they were gifted in. And so we see, uh, we see Abel, and he brought, since he was a, a keeper of sheep, he brought the firstborn of the sheep. And I'm sure he knew the story of, of Adam and Eve and how God took an animal and he killed the animal, and, and he covered them. He covered them with their sin. He, you know, he spilt the blood of an animal. And so that is what Abel knew, and so he brought that to the Lord. And for Cain, being a farmer, he took um, you know, fruits and vegetables and grain that probably looked awesome. But the, the, there's two differences in this. Okay, some, some people might allude to it was one brought a blood sacrifice and one did not. But it's more than that. It's who they were. It's who their characters were. It's where their heart was. And, and this can be us sometimes, all right? So we have to look beyond where Cain and Abel was. This can be us sometimes. Sometimes we're trying to say the right thing and do the right thing, but it's not in faith. It's because our heart isn't in the right place, you know? We're trying to make Jesus look good, but really we're trying to make ourselves look good. Have you ever wondered why people in ministry sometimes deal with pride? 
And some of the hardest people that have taken, like, some of the biggest sins have been people in ministry. And it's because of this. It's your heart can be in a really bad place. And you're bringing that to the Lord. And it's supposed to be for his glory, but you're claiming it for your own. And that's exactly what happened to Lucifer, to Satan. Remember? He was supposed to take the glory and shine that light onto the glory of God. And he kept the glory for himself. And God, he saw that in Lucifer and he kicked him out. And he became the great dragon or the great beast, right? Verse 4, Abel, he brought the firstborn sheep. And just think about it, like Cain, you know, having all this fruit and vegetable and, you know, every color imaginable uh, of his offering, he brought that to the Lord and it looked awesome. And then here's Abel. He brings like this bloody carcass of a mess, you know, just blood, blood all over the sheep, you know, and the fatted portions. And, 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 and he gives this to the Lord. And he says, here you go, Lord. And I'm sure Cain looked at it and went, what is that? What a mess. You know, look how beautiful of a spread this is. God's going to look at me and just go, man, Cain, you are awesome. And Abel is just saying, this is what I have. And I, and I have faith that this is going to please God. And in verse 5, you see God accepts Abel's offering of worship but he rejects Cain, and Cain was angry. So, I just want to point out, in the way of Cain, and let's go to the slide that says, the way of Cain. The way of Cain. We're going to see some things in Cain that uh, hopefully we can apply to ourselves, and hopefully we're saying we don't want to be this kind of person. In the way of Cain, number one, he acted out of his own way, when he brought the offering, when Cain brought the offering, um, it says that he was not content. He acted in his own way. He says, I think this is going to be pleasing to the Lord. And in Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 12, it, it, it's saying that, that you know uh, people act in their own way, but really it leads to death. You're acting out of your own sinful will or your own you know, uh, selfish will. And it only leads to death. And we'll see when, when uh, Cain's offering was rejected, he became angry and he was jealous of his brother. And there's this word for that in the Hebrew and it means kindled, like a fire is kindled. And what it is is he was focused on his brother. He wasn't focused on God, but he was focused on his brother. And that anger was kindled in his heart. And it began to, to just set a fire in his heart. And he was so angry. He was so angry, he was losing his mind. And we'll read on. Verse 6, God's asked a question. Do you think God knew where Cain... He's like, Cain, why are you angry? Do you think he knew the, the, the answer to that? You know, God knowing everything. But he's asking the question. He's showing some mercy to Cain. He says, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, look at verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do, if you do not do, what, do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So he was angry and his face has fallen. And then this is what happened. His anger and jealousy turned into pride. 
notice how the steps go. He wasn't content. He wanted to act in his own way. He became angry and he became others focused. And that led to pride. Look at me. Look at the offering that I gave. God should look at me and not my brother. You know, what I have to offer is way better than what my brother is offering from that bloody carcass that he brought, whatever that was. And, and God told Cain, he says, look, if you do well, this will be good. This is a mercy that God is showing. He says, but if you don't, sin is crouching at your door. Has anybody ever been so paranoid that you slept by your front door? I haven't, okay? There has been a time in my life where I was young and married, um, and uh, you know where people come and they bang on your door and then they leave? Well, you don't do that in Flint. Um, you just don't. Uh, <laughs> and so I was already paranoid. Uh, I know that you know my car had been broken into at one time. My windows had been busted out of my car. Uh, and, and so I was already a little freaked out about, you know, what's going on in this neighborhood. And uh, there was a time where some friends of mine came and they were pounding on my front door. And then they went around to the back and they were pounding on the back door. Scared me half to death. And I was up all night. I was just waiting by the door, you know. And I ended up figuring out, I was so mad because, like, I don't have anything to protect me or my wife. What am I going to do, you know? And so the idea is you're so paranoid. It's almost like sin. Sin is crouching at the door. It's just waiting. Now, in Revelation 3, the opposite of that, it says, Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. He pursues. That's the opposite. Jesus is pursuing. Sin, on the other hand, the devil is waiting for you to mess up. But Jesus is pursuing you. And then it says that he became unhappy, verse 7. His face had fallen. And the, the, the word for this is wroth or rot. It means it's almost like a cancer that begins to eat from the inside out. And you don't even realize it at the time. You just know that you're not right. And so this, this cancerous sin begins to eat you from the inside out to turn you into a different person. It's crouching at the door. And then in verse 8, what happens? Verse 8, Cain spoke to his brother Abel, and they met in the field, and Cain rose against his brother in hate, and he killed him. And then that unhappiness turns into a hate. It divided it was, it was this murderous intent to divide. And it all happened with just not being content. I'm just not happy. And then in verse 11, we'll just kind of read 8 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother? And then look at the response to this. It says, I don't know. He did know, so he lied to the Lord right then. And we see these effects of sin already from Adam and Eve. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You see the sarcasm in that? Am I supposed to be looking after my brother, God? Don't you know? You're all powerful. Don't you know where my brother is? And the Lord says, what have you done? His blood is crying to me from the ground. Verse 11. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood. And we see the curse. 
God curses Cain. Now, in Galatians 3, verses 10 and 13, it says that we, we once were cursed under the law. But what happened with Jesus? Jesus became the curse. Jesus became the curse so that we could live and to redeem us. And so that is the way of Cain. They weren't content, angry, and jealousy. It, it, it led to pride and just a selfish will. And then they began to just rot from the inside out. And that turned into a hate, which turned into I want to divide, which turned into I don't have faith. You were punished and you were cursed. Do you see the domino effect of sin in this? The way of Cain, having no faith, he is punished and unbelief. And then he is banished. And God says, you are going to become a wanderer in the land and the earth. And so he banished him and he sent him out into the land east. And it says the land of Nod. And it just means a land of wandering. A land east. And so he just wandered. And he was really, um, Cain was very concerned. He was not repentant. He didn't look at this and say, oh, Lord, please forgive me for what I've done. His, his response is, if I go out, who's, somebody's going to kill me. That's what he was concerned about. If I go out, the beast of the field might kill me. Other people might kill me. They might find out what I've done, and they might want to have vengeance against me. And it says in verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Not my sin is greater than I can bear, but my consequences of my sin is greater than I can bear. That's what he was concerned with. He was concerned with he got caught. He got in trouble. Do you ever know anyone who, uh, I mean, like, they, they messed up, they 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 sinned or they did something against you. And what hurt the most was they didn't see their sin. They just were angry at you because they got caught, because you found out, because, you know, they didn't want to mend the relationship that they had with you. They just were mad because you found out and people might think worse of them. That's Cain. That's the way of Cain. So the way of Cain, they are rotting it in like a, a cancer. They are um, uh, impenitent. The penitent man is the humbled man or, or the, the, the person who is seeking forgiveness. The impenitent man is they don't have a feeling of shame. Uh, they don't have regret. Their attitude shows that also. Uh, they're focused on their own suffering rather than their sin. They're not humble. They look at everybody else, their others focused. And I've said this before. It's like their fingers are just pointed horizontally. And they're like, but what about this person's sin? I didn't sin as great as this person. You know, look at the person next to me. I'm sure that they've sinned more than I have. Don't do that this morning. Which led to an excommunication. They were cut off. God sent him off, sent him away from his presence. So then he had this fear, this fear of being killed. And, and there is a, a commentator, his name is David Guzik, which I got some of this commenta uh, commentary from. And he said, unpardoned guilt fills men or fills people with continual terrors. When you are unrepentant, 
when I am unrepentant, we become paranoid a little bit. We think that everyone is out to get us. Like, what'd you say to me? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, they're just, I'm sure they're saying bad stuff about me. I'm sure they're just talking smack. Is that what people say nowadays? They're just smack talking. It says that it leads to anxiety. I have had it in my life at times. Uh, there was a time in my life where I had very high anxiety and panic attacks. It's real. Those are real things. It's not pleasant and it's not fun. And I'm not saying that you're unrepentant and that's why you have it. I'm just saying that to the way of Cain, this can be common. They have high anxiety. They're paranoid. In Proverbs 28, 1, it says, the wicked flee. It's like they're fleeing from danger, but there's no reason to. They're fleeing from fear, but there is no fear there to be afraid of. Let's turn over to Jude 11. I want to give you a couple of examples, okay? A couple of examples of the way of Cain. Back to Jude 11. Remember, a tiny little book right before Revelation, Jude. Jude, chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 11. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. They abandoned themselves for the sake, um, for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, and they perished in Korah's rebellion. And so you're thinking, who's Balaam and who is Korah? And so I want to just kind of give you a short little background of Balaam and Korah. Okay, Balaam. Balaam can be found in Numbers uh, chapter 22 through 25. Balaam. There was a king of Moab, and what had happened was the, 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 the city of, or the, the people of Israel had settled into this land near Moab. And the king of Moab had seen how Israel had fought against some other countries and won. And so the king of Moab was terrified. He was thinking, if these people come into Moab, they're going to destroy us. So, so the king of Moab called one of his guys named Balaam. And he says, Balaam, I need your help. I need you to seek the Lord or their Lord and see if you can curse them. If you can curse Israel, then maybe it would keep them from coming over to our land and destroying us. And so in the chapters, as the chapters ensues, Balaam, he approaches the Lord and, and he gets on his donkey and he is ready to ride and the donkey keeps going in the wrong directions. And before you know it, you know, Balaam is so angry at this donkey that he's riding and he is whooping the donkey, the donkey begins to speak because the donkey saw the Lord. He saw the spirit of the Lord there on the road. And then the Lord entered into the donkey and began to speak to Balaam through the donkey. And he's like, why are you hitting me? You know, you need to be following the way of God. And so Balaam, as he was trying to curse Israel, he sought God. God gave a word to Balaam. Balaam goes to the king of Moab and all he can do, all that comes out of his mouth is blessings. 
he blesses Israel. And the king of Moab, he's mad. He's like, Balaam, you keep blessing these people that, that are probably going to come and kill us. What are you doing? Well, it just so happened that Balaam might have given in to uh, an idea since they lived in close proximity, um, in Moab, they worshipped idols. And a, a lot of what you'll find in, in these other lands and other religions other than Israel in the Old Testament is they had prostitutes and they, and, and they, they fornicated and they loved lust and, and, and sexual perversions. And so they used the young women of Moab to seduce the men of Israel. And that's how they got in. That's how they corrupted Israel at the time. And God killed, it just says like 24,000. I mean, it was a crazy amount of what happened. And you can read that story. And here was the way of Cain entered into Balaam. And this is what Balaam did. He led others deliberately into sin. And he did this for fame and for money. The king of Moab was offering Balaam riches and to be famous if he was able to mess up Israel. And then we get into the story of Korah. Korah can be found in number 16. And Korah, he was from the tribe of Levi. He was not a priest, but he was from the tribe of Levi. And he was pretty well known. And he had a group of followers. And he looked at Moses and he looked at Aaron. And he saw how the people respected them and responded to them. And he was jealous. And so Korah went up to Moses and he said, look, Moses, I see all that you and Aaron are doing. Y'all are doing so much for all these people that have just came out of exile. They said, you know what? I think that we could step in and probably take over. He goes, look at the people. They're good. You know, God is with them. They're, you know, they're, they're doing very good. In all honesty, they weren't doing very good at every turn and every where that they went, they were sinning all the time, the people in the wilderness. And so Korah, he, he's, you know, out of, out of not being content of where he was at and out of his pride and jealousy, he began to, to talk to Moses, to try to talk Moses out of being the man of God, the spokesman of God. And so what happened was Korah, Moses said, I tell you what, he says, you bring a burning incense to the God and I will bring a burning incense to God and God will choose who he wants to be, uh, to be leader over this, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people. And God spoke to Moses and the people that followed Moses and he says, back away. And so Moses told his people, he says, we need to back up. The ground opened up on Korah and his followers and it swallowed them. And it said that the ground closed in and then fire came down from heaven and consumed everyone else that followed Korah. That is the way of Cain. God took him out. David Guzik, he said this, the commentator. He says, we should work hard to fulfill everything God has called us to be. We should work hard to fulfill everything God has called us to be individually. What has God called you to be? Work very hard to be what God has called you to be. As a person, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, as a dad, as a grandparent, 
at your job, whatever you're doing, work hard to fulfill what God has called you to be. And it says, at the same time, we should never try to be what God has not called us to be. And we see this in John chapter 21. Remember when Jesus, he restored the relationship to Peter? Peter had denied him, but in 21, he comes back and he says, Peter, do you love me? The three loves, he says, I love you, Lord. He says, well, feed my sheep. You know, feed my sheep. Be there. Be a servant. Preach the word. And he restored the relationship with Peter. And then Jesus gives a short little revelation of saying, Peter, you're going to be led astray, and this is how you're going to be killed. Peter's like, awesome. Great. (laughs) Thanks for that info. A little too much. You know, restoring our relationship is enough. You don't have to tell me how I'm going to die. But Peter, he looks over and he sees John and he goes, what about John? What are you going to do with John? And Jesus' response is, what is that to you? You follow me. He's saying, don't be concerned with what God has called others to be. Don't be concerned with what God is doing in somebody else's life. What is that to you? You follow me. The way of Cain is being the others focused. And briefly, we are going to go over, as you can go to the next slide, the curse continues. So what happened? So Cain is kicked out. He has other sons and daughters. And he goes on and he has Lamech. Genesis chapter 4. You can turn over there. Lamech is... I just imagine like this hairy, burly, muscular guy that's just full of himself. Oh, man. Verse 19. All right? Verse 19, Lamech. Lamech took two wives. Lamech took two wives. And the name of one was Ada, And the name of the other one was Zillah. And they had three children between the two. They had Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal-Cain. And Lamech, this is verse 23, and he says to his wives, I mean, imagine this guy, he's just full pompous, you know. And he's like, gather my wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. You know, now he's speaking in third person. It's like, you ever seen those old promo wrestling videos? They're called like shoot videos or whatever, you know, and they're like, you know, macho man Randy Savage, ooh, yeah. You know, and they're just like talking about how great they are and how they're going to pommel other people. This is how I imagine it. Like he's all greased up and he's just, (laughs) ooh, Jake the Snake. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. Ooh, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I should have had an outfit for that. That would have been cool. Go in the back, change, come out and be like, oh, yeah. Kool-Aid man, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. But that's what he was. He was like, this is, this is me. See how the sin progressed? It went from Cain, and you're thinking, well, Cain, look what he did to his brother. Now look at Lamech. 
well, this, you know, this young man offended me or hurt me or whatever, and I killed him as a, you know, however that happened, if it was in self-defense or whatever. But he's thinking, now look, tons of people are going to be after me now to kill me. Gather around my wives. And he had sons, Jabel. And just a little background, Jabel was a famous shepherd for keeping sheep and cattle to make money. Jubal, he was a famous musician of like the flute and the harp. Jubal, from the word that we get now, jubilee. And so that helps people to be, uh, uh, to be merry and happy. And Tubal Cain, he was a famous forger or smith. There's this uh, show on History Channel called uh, Forged in the Fire. Cool show, plugging that show. There's not a lot of great shows on TV nowadays, but Forged in the Fire... They make knives and swords, like from pieces of metal and stuff. Pretty awesome. And so Tubal Cain was the father of the forgers of, of iron and brass. And he helped them in war and building in the industry. Well, that was, the, the, that was part of the city. The way of Cain, what had happened with the way of Cain was Cain's city that he had built from Enoch after his son Enoch. It was humanistic. You can go to the next slide. Humanistic, they worshipped themselves, it was secular. They rejected God and they embraced idols and other gods, lowercase gods. And their civilization, it led people, it led to people, and this was before the flood. It led to people who were only evil continually. This is what happened from the land of Cain that he went to. It led to sin, to greater sin, to greater sins, to only evil continually. And then the last slide. And we're going to see kind of just the differences between Cain and Abel and Jesus. Cain, Cain had no faith when he brought his offering. Abel had faith. And in Hebrews 11.4, it says, By faith, Abel offered his offering. By faith. Two little instances that happened over the weekend. One yesterday. For some reason, I woke up with a stomach flu yesterday. It was an awesome day. Um, I haven't thrown up in years, but now I remember why I hate it. (laughs) This is terrible. Oh, my gosh, guys. It's so bad when you have nothing to throw up, but your body's like, ah, we're going to try anyway. (laughs) I was crying. I was like, this is not cool. (laughs) But by faith, Abel, Abel had faith. Right, And so in this, in this sickness that I had, me and my wife were supposed to go out. We, our, our 17th anniversary was in September, and we were going to celebrate last night. We were going to go to a concert. And I had these concert tickets, and we've had them since the springtime. And I was like, I'm going to have to sell these tickets. And so I put them on, you know, got online, you know, and, and put them up for sale. And was like, we'll just pray. I have no idea. And a couple of hours before the concert, the ticket sold. I got my money back, which was great. I was like, Lord, this is up to you, but please help. I have faith. Please just help us get our money back, and we'll celebrate another time. So it happened. This morning, as you notice, we actually have words, right? This projector was not working this morning for whatever reason that it did not want to work this morning. It just wasn't. And uh, they're like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Let's just pray. You know, so we were mashing the button to try to get the, the projector to turn on. And it just said, just pray, have faith. I don't know. It works. 
little things. We have faith. And it's, it's funny because you have faith in the offering that you bring. And we're having faith even just meeting here this morning, singing to the Lord, praying to the Lord, just offering up whatever we have. And if you don't do that in faith, then you, we are in the way of Cain. But if we're doing this in faith to say, Lord, this is what I have this morning. Here's my heart. This is my mind, and this is my body. And if you were able to walk in here, that is a huge mercy from the Lord that your limbs work the way that they're supposed to. Give to God whatever it is that he has given us. Give it to him in faith. And the way of Jesus is, Jesus is faith. Jesus is the faith that we need. Cain was cursed. Jesus became the curse, as we read in Galatians 3. Cain offered no blood sacrifice, but Abel did. Abel offered the blood sacrifice. Jesus was the blood sacrifice, the only blood sacrifice of the lamb, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And for Abel, Abel's blood cried out. And it's funny because Abel's blood cried out from the ground, and God heard the blood crying out from the ground, and it was crying vengeance. Make this right. Jesus, the blood of Jesus, it's not exactly crying out vengeance. It's crying out mercy and grace and salvation. That's the theological part of it. The blood of Jesus is what saves. We have to have the blood of Jesus in order to offer the correct sacrifice. I want to end with two practical applications to this, okay? If you will, turn to... Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. What are the practical implications of this? Well, the way of Cain, we know what that is. You're not content. You do your own will. You're angry. You're jealous. You're pride, unhappy. It's hateful. No faith. You're punished and you're cursed. The way of Cain. But the opposite of that, in Jesus, being in Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through the only sacrifice, this is what he gives us practically. And you're saying, I don't want to be in the way of Cain. I want to be the opposite. Here is the opposite. It says, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. Now notice, fruit is singular. Did y'all see that? It's not fruits. You got to have it all. Fruit. And within that fruit are these things, okay? Fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy. And if you're concerned about love, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it tells you all about love. It's love, it's joy, more than just being happy, it's having a heart happiness. You know, things, a new car or a new phone or whatever, they can make you happy for a little bit. True joy, knowing that you are in the will of God and you're being blessed by God, that's joy. Peace. And we pray for this, man. We're praying for peace. To have relationships restored. To not have chaos in our life. Peace. Patience. Kindness. It's tough to find people that are kind. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Against such things, there is no more law. There is no more curse. And turn just a few pages over to Philippians. Just a few, couple of chapters over. A couple of books over. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to close with this. Philippians chapter 4. And these should be very familiar to you. Verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And Philippians 4, 8. These are great verses to meditate on and to study. Get commentaries on and read what these really mean in depth. In closing, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let's think about those things today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much, God. Thank you that, God, you were the final sacrifice. You were the only sacrifice that we needed, Lord. It takes away our sin. It takes away what we could be in the way of Cain. But God, help us to have the fruit of the Spirit. Help us to have the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and kindness and gentleness, godliness. Lord, help us have self-control in you. Lord, help us to think about things that are righteous, things that are pure and excellent in you. Lord, help us to be people that identify with Jesus and not people who identify with Cain. In Jesus' name, amen.